This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on no, Let Your Voice Be Heard, guys. Thank you, thank you. Don't gas him. No one's gassing me. It's just his facts. ego is facts. big enough. Facts on facts on facts. Good morning. You're just, you're just mad because we went to brunch yesterday. I am. Without you. I, but, but we I went, am very but mad. We went to brunch with Al Stanley last week. So yeah, but did you drink alcohol? No. Then you didn't have brunch. True, because we drank. Well, I can't drink regardless. So. Yes, we know you get drunk <laughs> off of rubbing alcohol, Selena. We know that. <laughs> Guys, we're back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Yes. Harlem. Harlem's got a radio station. Okay, Stanley's being creepy. Welcome back, guys. It's been one whole week since we've been here at WHCR, and we missed you very much. We hope that you have uh, missed us as well and happy to hear us um, because we're happy to be here. No one misses you, Selena. I'm pretty sure they do. I highly doubt it. Well, Did Stanley, you guys miss me? Because I was gone last week. Stanley wasn't here last week, and we had a blast. You popping oh, your collar over there? I'm actually fixing TV? my collar because it feels weird right now. I was in Albany for a um, <laughs> conference on social justice, and I got to meet one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, Who and she is amazing. She had the whole audience in tears at wow. the end of her remarks and it was pretty awesome and i have lots of videos that i forgot to post on my fan page but i will and i shall as soon as possible so guys selena is a boss so i will shut up and let her talk right so let's just start with formal introductions um my name is selena hill and on instagram and twitter it's miss selena hill and i spell miss with an m s because she's not married right no no a lot of people keep selling it m-i-s-s and you know and they'll say they'll tag me m-i-s-s and i'm like oh no it's all but it's all good Mm -hmm. it's all good you guys know now i don't know no. Well, keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my name is Alyssa Fuchs. You can find me on Facebook uh, or on Twitter uh, using facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs or just at Alyssa Fuchs on Twitter, which is spelt with an I. Or you can go to the fan page, which is probably easier to remember. It's Politically Preposterous. We're on Twitter and we are on Facebook. Definitely. And my name is Stanley Fritz, and you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz, where I talk all sorts of nonsense. And, of course, you can follow me on Instagram at DarkSkinSwindle if I approve your follow request. But I probably will not because I don't think that I know you if you're following me out of nowhere with no pre-warning. And if you really want to get to know me, you can add me on Facebook. My name is Selena Hill. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so welcome back, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And, of course, you can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeHeard underscore radio we have a great show lined up today how do you know that for sure because we're starting off talking about world war three what which and no, i'm just kidding guys <laughs> i i in cyberspace i know right well yeah world war three in cyberspace well mm-hmm. that's probably a bad analogy but um i don't know if you guys are aware but the u.s experienced one of the largest if not the largest cyber attacks to our government four million current and former government employees were experienced a breach um, in security and a lot of their information has been exposed by these hackers. Before that, that, um, there was also another hack, which Mm -hmm. was a different group uh, presumably um, that attacked the IRS, and that they got information on Americans who had filed their data with the IRS. So oh. it's it's pretty scary. Um, it is scary because it's not like regular warfare. It's about information. Yeah, and we thought the NSA was scary. Look at China. 
Look at these hackers. Well, China's been doing this for quite some time now, so I'm not surprised. I'm not saying that I'm, like, okay with it, but, yeah, you know. And we do, too. I mean, it's just getting bigger and more massive. I mean, they're just, the equipment and the technology is evolving, and so are they. Listen, China wants to hack into my personal files and liquidate or erase my student loan debt. I am that I'm totally okay with that. Navi in China, they are challenging you as a a superpower. I doubt they're going to do that for your benefit, Stanley. Um, Speaking of benefits... We're also going to talk about a benefit that was supposed to happen with Haiti. Um, so, okay, so I'll just start from the beginning. There's been this huge article that's viral that ProPublica and NPR published about how the Red Cross received mm, about $500 million in donations to go towards the Haiti Relief Fund after the earthquake in 2010. And then... So Justin Elliott and a reporter from NPR wrote this article saying <clears throat> out of that with that five hundred million dollars, they only built six permanent homes in Haiti. And so where did the rest of the money go? Who's holding them accountable and what happened? And this it's a scathing and damning report on ProPublica's website. And yeah. we have the reporter who actually did the research, mm-hmm. went to Haiti, and then wrote this article, this scathing article. We have him on the show here. Let your voice be heard. We also will have um, another guest calling in named Dan Beaton, um, so, who's also been covering and following what's going on with the Red Cross. So I'm very excited to talk about that later on in yeah. the show. Yeah, Red Cross has had some problems for quite some time. And we're talking about you know the, the nonsense they've done in Haiti, but then they lost a lot of credibility in the states after Hurricane Sandy, where they couldn't even like do proper damage control work in America, in New York, where <coughs> they were telling people they were dropping off food in Far Rockaway, but what they were doing was actually leaving like crates of food at the beach, and the food would just get washed away, and that's why Occupy Sandy, where they actually had people on the ground doing things, ended up being the go-to organization for Sandy Relief because the Red Cross. Drop the ball so badly. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that in depth. We're also going to talk about Caitlyn, which I'm very, very excited about. Maybe Why did you get out of breath that way? I know. Maybe, I, <laughs> maybe uh. I shouldn't be so excited <laughs> to talk about uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, it's it's pretty old news, but I mean, everybody isn't talking about that. So we'll save that juicy news for Caitlyn the news Jenner. roundup. Stanley's being creepy. That was you just now. That's Stanley. And then Alyssa, last but not least, we'll be talking about Abercrombie and Fitch's loss at the Supreme court which as scalia called it this is an easy case i mean you know here's the here's the deal religious freedom applies to all religions it doesn't just apply to christianity so when you are talking about a case that invokes the first amendment through the application of the civil rights law of 1964 which i'm going to get into more detail about later on this afternoon then it applies to christianity to judaism to islam i mean it, it applies across the board to all religions the first amendment doesn't just apply to christianity doesn't just apply to Judaism. It doesn't. It all, no, it also it applies to any and all religions. But those are the only religions that that matter, isn't it? Aren't they? Uh, well, you know, to some people, yes. But in reality, um, the reality of it is, is if you are part of a religious group, whether it's a major religious group or mm. a minor religious group or a religious group that other people don't particularly like or isn't theirs, you still have the protections of religious freedom. Aw, thank you, Base God. Okay, um, so we'll get into that and so much more. And, of course, we want to hear from you. And you can let your voice be heard by either calling us up at 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at... Be heard underscore radio. Or leave a comment on... 
I don't know, Selena. You tell Politically me. Politically preposterous. Maybe I will. On Facebook. So we'll be right back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. And Selena loves sausage. No, I love this Little Mama Sausage <laughs> song. I, I made a video to it. No, no, no. I actually made a video on Instagram and yeah, Little Mama commented. Off. The sausage? No, she left me a comment you made a video on the Instagram. <laughs> the song is called Sausage. And she talks about eggs, bacon, ham, sausage. I don't know. It's really you fun. That's not really what she's talking about, right? In some parts. You like sausage, huh, Selena? I like that song. <laughs> I really do. Okay, you're being... You know what this reminds me of? Things that we can't really say, but, you know, like, we'll, we'll skirt around them. Um, the Chris Rock skit, where he's talking about how girls like to listen to different songs, mm-hmm. and then they'll be like... I don't like this song and it's dirty, but then you go to they'll go to the club and they'll be dancing to the song and they'll be singing the lyrics. <laughs> and he ain't talk about me. But this is a, that's definitely not a dirty song. What sausage? It's not, isn't it? I mean, in a video, she has the kids dancing around. That, just her. because you have kids dancing around you doesn't mean you're not talking about sausage. I, I, I first of all, we're Listen, talking about breakfast sausage. No, she's not talking about breakfast sausage. Well, it can be breakfast sausage. It can. But it wow. <laughs> okay. Now, on that note, we're back on "Let Your Voice Be Heard" right here on WHCR ninety point three FM, the Voice of Harlem, and my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Sausage Fritz oh, and nope, Alyssa. That's, that's not what my name is. <laughs> and Alyssa Fuchs, Stanley Big Sausage. all right now we hope we'll be back next sunday we will um so on a more serious note um let's talk about the cyber hacks and what's been going on cyber hacks 2015 thank you for that we can't afford to make sound effects so i'm just doing it on my own and and i appreciate that (laughs) okay so on thursday the u.s office of personal Management, or OPM, as I will reference them, revealed that hackers compromised personal data on 4 million current or former government employees in what was the largest cyber attack in U.S. history. So according to OPM, the breach included records on 750,000 Department of Defense civilian personnel. It also included those, um, it also included information about People's names, addresses, family members, educations, education, social security numbers, security clearances, and medical records. I'm like, they just dug up every and anything that they could find. Damn. So experts warn that more than likely this data will be used for either financial fraud or espionage. We'll find out which one. And um That's not nice. <laughs> and <laughs> what? Or espionage, we'll find out. Um, like, right, people we're talking serious. about. Yeah, it is. Hold well, on, espionage is pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, it is very serious. And um, I'm sorry if I did not convey that in the way I said it. Um, <laughs> moving on. So the White House said we believe that China Chinese hackers are behind this. The government may or may not be behind it. I, I mean, the Chinese government, but we know that they have traced it back to China, um, according to what I've been reading. Now, the uh, White House also used this as an open window and an opportune time to continue to push legislation that would prevent cybersecurity threats in wake of the recent massive, um, in wake of this recent massive, massive federal data breach. So President Obama has been pushing this for months now, but of course the Republican-controlled Congress stalled it. So... They've been saying, you know what, Congress, it's time to wake out of the dark ages and pass some legislation that could prevent a breach like this from happening in 
right in the future. So, with that said, um, the OPM and uh, it also raised a number of questions. Uh, analysts have been asking. So, you know, number one, why did OPM actually wait till June fourth? to disclose this attack. Um, you know, it happened. It's been going on for a while now. They discovered the data in April, and um, they didn't decide to release it to the public up until June 4th. So that's one thing. But OPM says that, oh, you know, when we have an attack of this magnitude, we have to make sure that there's due diligence. Uh, um, we go through due diligence and a, a certain process before we can expose it to the public. I mean, or it could have just been they were like, look, Caitlyn Jenner's dropping her story this week. We know she's going to get all the publicity. Maybe we should wait till this week. Or probably not. But that's when they decided to... I don't think to, they thought about that. I don't, well, we'll find out exactly why did they wait till June 4th, um, so long afterward. So, and it also raises the question of, is this still happening? Is this still going on? Yeah. Are they currently hacking into our system right now? They're hacking into your Snapchat right now, Selena. I don't even have Snapchat. Yes, you do. You I actually you think it's more along the lines of they want to get into the government systems versus our individual uh, yeah, messages. I mean, that's the NSA. The NSA clearly wants to get into our uh, individual messages. You know, if you want to know more about that, you should listen to last week's show because we talked a lot about that last week. And then after we got off the air, um, the Patriot Act died. As I expected, and Shout the freedom, out to Rand Paul. Rand Paul, and the Freedom Act eventually was passed. But you know that was last week's show. Where um, my point is, I think with respect to foreign governments, they want to get into our government systems because that's where they can get the most leverage. That's where they can get the most information. They're not going to get it from your Snapchat. They're going to get it <laughs> from the IRS to get yep. your financial data, your social security number, <laughs> things that they can actually use to commit large scale fraud or to make your life miserable or mm-hmm. the lives of government officials miserable. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think they want to get into the grid yeah. to be able to shut down the electricity mess up the water flow and to have that kind of catastrophic events i think yeah. that's like their ultimate goal is to try and break into the grid sounds yeah. like they want to declare cyber war um we have a very special guest on the line who will help us continue this conversation and answer some very important questions his name is alex mcgeorge he is the head of threat of threat intelligence at immunity inc he is also a white hat hacker and he oh. tests major <laughs> networks for the type of attacks that we just saw happen what happened stanley because you like he's also a white so i'm like selena why is that important i thought you were gonna say white person I'm like no 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 white hat hacker good morning alex good morning good morning happy to have you here um we had a you know a brief little discussion about what's been going on but i wanted to start the conversation by asking why was this cyber attack so big? Why was this such a big deal, actually? I mean, as Alyssa mentioned, this is not the first time the U.S. has been attacked this year. It's actually been about three other major attacks. Um, but what makes this one stand out? Um, okay, so a, a, a few things to sort of talk about. Um, with regards to like this being like the largest breach, um, by the numbers, it actually isn't. Uh, you know, you're talking like um, any of the major credit card uh, processors or like the target breach, you know, that was more on, along the lines of, you know, uh, tens of millions of people. Uh, what makes this significant, I think, is that it's uh, government employees and it was so much data rather than uh, just their credit card numbers and financial information, right? So you're looking at who had a clearance, um, a lot of the information that was related to their clearance. So, for example, like when you go to get uh, interviewed for, like, let's say you want to get a top secret clearance, right? Man, they're talking to, you know, you 
everyone you know, your neighbors, et cetera, to try to figure out what's going on. Um, and one of the things that, you know, they tell you is be upfront about what we, what you think your dirt is, because we're going to find it. And if you lie to us, then that's a bad thing. So, you know, people will say, oh, there's, you know, this one time I smoked pot in college and whatever, and this, that, and the other, or like maybe, you know, uh, it used to be that you could say like, uh, you come out to your clearance officer is gay, but not necessarily your family. Um, so it, it's, it's significant in that regard. Um, with regards to why it's going on uh, or why it's happening, I, I think you guys are pretty much right on the money in that uh, this is going to be, you know, leverage for espionage mm. um, going forward with China. Um, I would be less worried about uh, financial fraud in this instance because, you know, you're, you, the, whatever's in, like, my savings account, for example, does not even, you know, merit a mention compared to the Chinese GDP. Uh, but I think you're, you're also right, and you had another angle on it, is maybe I'm not actually worried about, you know, extracting money from you, but I'm worried about making your life more difficult so you are less effective as an employee. Um, you know, if you're worried that, you know, your savings uh, disappeared, chances are you're not going to be as good at your job as if you weren't. Um, so, yeah, I think you guys are pretty close, and, and you're, you're right on the money with what the motivation here might be. Mm, okay, guys, if you're listening and you want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. You can also tweet us at BeHeard. Underscore radio. Right. So, Alex, um, how exactly were the hackers able to break into virtually every government agency and then get away with it for so long? Well, okay. So, it, you know, the issue is the government um, is, you know, built on this incredibly dense, red tape bureaucracy, right? You know, you've got these systems that have been around since really almost the advent of modern computing. Um, you know, I've definitely been on gigs where I'll find stuff that was originally turned on in the 70s. Um, so it, it, part of it is you've got an issue of scale, and you still really don't have a centralized way to monitor everything coming and going and happening on government networks. They still kind of break down at the agency level. So, you know, the fact that it, that it has happened is, is not at all surprising. Uh, the fact that it went so long without being detected also isn't that surprising. And if you look, uh, the Federal Register uh, wrote a piece about, you know, the stuff that they're going to be, it's the stuff that uh, OPM is going to do, or DHS actually, is going to do in response to this. And one of the things that they mentioned was you know, we're going to take a look at traffic leaving the network to see if we can find, you know, instances of something that looks wrong. Uh, we call that egress filtering. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's sort of a step that you would see on modern financial networks or, you know, in the private sector uh, more readily. And the government has been a little slow to uptake because, one, it's expensive, and two, it's actually very complicated. And three... One of the things that we've seen is that, you know, if you have significant tenure in the government, um, you can typically, you know, skirt rules uh, in order to get, you know, your particular product uh, or what have you, or project, I should say, uh, special treatment. You know, we saw this with like, the Hillary Clinton email, right? You know, whatever side of the issue that they fall on, it's fine. But because she was head, because she was Secretary of State, she could just say, I'm not going to use the State Department email. I'm going to have my own thing, right? Right. 
you know, because I'm because I'm Secretary of State, you guys are just going to deal with it. And that's pretty common in government uh, to have folks with that kind of power. And as a result, that doesn't really lead towards good security decisions. Right, right. Um, one other thing that you mentioned, Alex, was the scale of this breach. And that leaves me to question, what is the real value? I mean, we've talked about on this show how the NSA is collect- was collecting so much phone data that they're overwhelmed and overloaded with all of this data. And what what's the value in that if you can't, you know, stop the Boston, ma- the Boston Marathon bombing and you're collecting so much data? It's like, how can you really pick up or, or tell when um, someone or something might be in jeopardy? So what is, you know, after after they hacked into four million a government employee's information, like, what do you, what do they plan to do with it? Or is this just step one? Make fake MySpace pages. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> so uh, I, I think what the, what the plan is, like, if you, if you said to me, Alex, you're going to do this to China, what, you know, what's the, you're going to reverse it. What's the, what's your game plan? Um, you know, I, I, I think that the basic thing is I want to have a real good, very complete, idea of who works for the federal government so that I can identify people to either blackmail, maybe, or bribe, or, you know, another thing would be I want to have all their personal information. So, like, if you've ever had to reset, um, you know, a a password for your job, right? Like, if you work in a large organization and your password expires, you get locked out or whatever, you got to call the help desk. Right. What's the what are the what's the stuff they ask you for? It's the stuff that's going to be in your employee record, like the last four your social, your birthday, same sort of thing. Your bank asks you to prove that you're you. So now that I have this like giant, really complete database, uh, you know, you can share this across different parts of. You know, let's let's just go with the assumption that it, this was China. Um, I think it's probably likely, but they haven't released enough evidence to really you know. Really convince me, but let's go ahead and say it's true. Um, Hold on, you sound suspicious. Who do you think it is? Well, it, it, so the, another thing that's interesting is uh, things work a little bit differently in China than they do here. So, for example, like it's a it, in in the U.S. Like if I were you know just as me as a private citizen, if I were to go and try to hack the Chinese government in some way, right, some whatever part of it, that would actually technically be a crime. In the United States now, whether or not they would extract me to China or prosecute me is a different story. But in China, it's not right. So what you see is, you know, you can have private groups that are contracted out by Chinese military or Chinese intelligence in order to, uh, you know, execute this sort of thing on their behalf, and then it gives them a little layer of plausible deniability, saying, "Well, it was one of our citizens, maybe, but it wasn't us," mm. um, as the Chinese government. So, you know, and honestly, what we've, what we've heard is, you know, basically the FBI saying, okay, it was China, or, you know, the, the government saying it was China, but they haven't really said, this is why we think it is China. They said, we've traced it back to China. And right. attribution is actually pretty difficult uh, in most cases when you're dealing with um, breaches like this. Um, you know, so seeing what evidence that they have and how they're drawing that conclusion would, would go a long way. Um, but again, I, I don't necessarily think that it's not China. Um, I just, you know, you always try to retain a healthy level of skepticism, I think. Right. So um, 
Alex, actually, we do need to take a quick break, but we do thank you for that. Stay on the line with us. We will continue the conversation about the cyber attack, which we be- which has been attributed to China. Of course, like Alex just said, we don't know why. But um, we'll see if we can figure it out right after this break. I thought I told you that we won't stop.